Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This podcast is produced on Anchor, where you can record, edit, and publish all from your smartphone. You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter's box. Welcome back and thank you for joining us on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. This is your weekly recap show, June 29th through July 3rd. And you know this is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. And as always, for my recap show, I am joined by Clark University coach Andrew Redman. Red, have you come up with the tag for your name yet? You know, you know, honestly, I, I haven't thought about it since last week, so that's my fault, but uh, always a pleasure being on. You got to come up with something, okay? I'm everybody's favorite yeah. coach. We need to find something for you. We do have a special <laughs> guest in studio today. Baseball is back for Wallert Catholic High School, and they came out firing like a 4th of July firework versus Cedar Rapids Kennedy. Wallert Catholic head coach, Corey Tischer is joining us today. Welcome back to the podcast, Coach Tischer. Thanks, Nick, for having me back on. Always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, when, when Red's on board here as well, you, you can't turn down an invite to a podcast when uh, Andrew Redmond's involved. That's that's what gets the listeners is they don't have they don't care what I say, but uh, Andrew Redmond brings credibility to the podcast. I do want to update our teams and how they're doing before we get to Coach Tischer. After this week, team records, we have the Hempstead Mustangs. They are rolling through everybody at 8-0, ranked 8th in 4A, and they just earned the number one seed in their sub-state bracket, and they are leading the Valley Division side of the conference. The Senior Rams currently are 7-5, and and just like last week, they end this week on a three-game winning streak. The Wallert Catholic Golden Eagles are 4-1. and one. They are currently on a four-game winning streak after sweeping undefeated Cedar Rapids Kennedy. The Western Dubuque Bobcats are currently ranked 6th in 4A. They're still playing the splits with everybody. They are 5-5, five and, five, and they are currently shut down with no return date as of now due to a possible COVID exposure. The Beckman Blazers are ranked 6th in 2A. They are currently 7-10, and 10, and they're on a seven-game losing streak. But I know Connor Klosterman and Fred Martin will turn that around shortly. And the Cascade Cougars are 4-4 four and 3rd four and on the north side of the River Valley Conference. Coach Tischer, four-game winning streak. How's that feel? Uh, well, it feels good. We're just we're just excited to be back playing. Um, but yeah, I actually didn't even put two and two together there for for four games. That uh, that's what we had before the little bit of a shutdown. But uh, yeah, we're excited to be back and uh, 
Friday, Friday was a fun day for us, for sure. How did it feel to get back on the field, not only with you, but also the coaching staff as well? And Coach Redmond, feel free to uh, ask and jump in to ask any questions at any time. Those birds in the background are chomping at the bit to ask a question too. <laughs> Uh, you know, we got back to practice on Thursday. We, we, we hit in the morning. So we just, we just talked cause that was the first time we've seen each other. We did some zooms and whatnot during those two weeks. So it was just great to see each other. I mean, energy was great. You know, we left for a couple hours, came back for regular practice, but you know, Friday, it was just, I want to say I was surprised, but I wasn't, it was just a difference. You know, we started BP at eight fifty for the 11 o'clock first pitch, which I know you were a big fan of. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a 8.30 roll out of bed, get down to Petrakis. You could tell guys were up. They got to breakfast, got themselves ready. It was just a different a different feel. Uh, you know, when things get taken away from you that you have zero control over, you know, even, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids, you know, I think they really see the big picture of how fortunate they are to be able to play the game because you don't know how quickly, you know, it can be taken away from you again. You're exactly right. And you said you stayed in touch with the players through Zoom. So when you are talking with them through Zoom, are you just are you you going over bunt coverages? Are you teaching first and third or are you coaching or are you just connecting with everybody just to see how everybody's mental health is during that time? The stuff that you just described there, that was that was stuff that we did you know, once we knew we were having a season there on May 20th, we had like those 10 days, you know, we did, we did some of that stuff then strictly these, these two weeks that we just got done with here. Um, there was no talk of practice and like that. It was just strictly how you guys doing, um, information we knew, you know, information we could share. And then with our pitchers, just trying to, you know, structure when they should, you know, when they're throwing every day, but when they should be throwing their pens, how many pitches and whatnot. So, um, that was, that was the gist of it, you know, just to, continue uh continue that connection with them and then i did see that os i'm sorry aaron savory and did i say that is it aaron right that plays for you yeah it's aaron i mean austin wants to come back too we'll take him but yeah it's aaron (laughs) (laughs) i did see aaron savory and charlie yeager uh through well uh, in a semi-pro tournament getting the win there now how many practices did you have before you played cedar rapids kennedy uh, we, we, we came back Thursday and we hit in the morning. We had our normal two hour session in the afternoon and, and we had our normal pregame BP Friday morning. So, uh, as I told a couple other people, you know, if we won one or two games against Cedar Rapids Kennedy, it was nothing that we did practice wise, strictly, strictly with the guys. You know, they, they're the ones that do everything and they make plays, put the ball in play. We just try to put them in position. But, uh, you know, all the success we had on Friday was because of everything they did and, you know, the, the work they did in the two weeks we were away from each other. Now, have you been doing this at all? Because I, I have uh, some people in my neighborhood that, that coach varsity sports, and I've talked to all the coaches. And you guys had a week, and when I say you guys, actually you had a month. I'm talking about the whole state of Iowa. And then you guys had two other weeks. And I was talking to coaches and my neighbor, Jason Loveholtz, uh varsity coach for Hempstead Softball, And um, I had said that I would have run six-hour practices. And what I would have done is I would have gone three hours in the morning, and that would have only been uh, strategic stuff, like first and third, bunt coverages, double cuts, um, pickoff plays, that sort of thing. And then I would have taken a break for lunch, and then I would have come back for three hours 
later in the evening to work on strictly skills, whether it be defense, pitching, or hitting. And, you know, three hours might be kind of long, so maybe I would have gone four hours, two in the front, two in the back. Have Have you noticed, um, have you been doing that? Have other teams been doing that? Or are you strictly normal practice as always, two to two and a half hours? Yeah, we, we, we kicked around, kind of not not three hours on each side of it. We kicked around that idea of, of hitting in the mornings, you know, coming back in the afternoons to do the things you described. But um, we, we, we chose not to. I do know a lot of programs do, um, are, are this year. I mean, some do it all the time. Some are this year. Honestly, the, the two big reasons we did not, um, one, just not trying to burn out guys because, you know, um, not all 19 of our varsity guys, you know, eat, sleep, and breathe baseball like – we might, and, you know, and then just obviously potentially some injury prevention. Um, you know, some guys do work, you know, and if, if it's that much of a time commitment, especially when they don't know ahead of time, you know, what would that would look like? And honestly, the second part of itself, not only selfishly, but it is selfishly is, um, you know, baseball is my full-time job in the summer, but, you know, it can't be my full-time job on non-game days that I'm, I'm away from my family, you know, for multiple hours, uh, morning and afternoon, and then be gone the entire day on a game day. So, those are the reasons we chose as a as a program not to do the the split practices you talked about. I, I have found that um, I was a major jerk as a coach because I I would have probably run a four to a six hour practice and I, and and I would catch. I notice now teams they don't catch the same kid for both games. I, I would always have my best catcher catch all fourteen innings. And Brady Breitbach, if you're listening, he would catch fourteen innings for me, and then I would DH for him both games. Never complained once. But um, you know this this is a question I I have for you is um. You guys, I were not the first to lose the um, part of their season because of COVID, but you were the first in our area. A lot more teams have been dropping. Um, teams have been dropping like flies. Um, it seems like that Western Dubuque, that Epworth area, um, high schools on suspension. The Epworth Orioles uh, semi-pro game got canceled, I believe. The South. Um, Lake Wiffleball League out in the Epworth area um, also suspended their season. They're canceled as well. Shout out to those guys. Um, are you f- afraid that they're just going to say, you know what, this was a failed experiment, it's not working, and they just decide to to pull the whole plug on the season? Is that something in the back of your mind, or you just show up if you can practice and you practice, and if you show up and you're supposed to play, you just go out and play? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to say afraid. Um do I think the association is going to do that? No, I do not. With that, as you described, there's more and more um, programs across the state that are um, not so much shutting down. I think the word now is pausing. So it's not the 14 days. It's, you know, we're going to reevaluate, get some people tested, see what things look like in a couple more days. But, um, you know, with the increased testing, um, it's going to it's going to continue. Um, you know, this, this virus isn't going anywhere. It's just a matter of as we get closer and closer to tournament time, what impact that plays on certain programs. So the biggest thing, you know, and I've, you know, I, I tell myself I do this normally. We, we talk about it every year. You guys talk about it, you know, in your programs or every, all these stops you've been and the coaches you've had, but to, you're never, you're never guaranteed that next day in life, much less the, the game of baseball. So it's, you know, we have a, 3.30 practice session today, and as far as I know, we're showing up at 3.30 to have a great practice session unless we get information ahead of time that we can. The same thing tomorrow because, you know, it's, you know, it, it, things can change in a hurry just with, you know, the safety precautions people are playing and 
you know, and it, it's kind of different from every program and every county. So, you know, we play Iowa City West tomorrow, and I know they didn't play Friday night. Um, you know, our focus is we're going down there to play tomorrow night, and if we find out prior to our 150 bus departure that changes, well, we'll change then. Um, that's just where we're at. Now, what advice would you give to teams that are still playing that haven't been affected yet? I've seen some programs, they have completely shut down their sophomores and their freshman teams because they want to limit that exposure. And I think of what happened in Cascade. I, I look at the Cascade pool. They opened their pool. There was one person that went swimming in that pool that had COVID-19 and they shut down the pool for the rest of the year. Now, I'm wondering how are we going to get back into class if one person comes in contact with somebody that has this if we're shutting things down. But, you know, that that's a scary thing because you might have somebody on an undefeated Hempstead team whose uncle tests positive that was at a graduation party that never came anywhere near the player, but they might have to shut it down on a historical run that they're on right now. So, what advice would you give those teams out there that um, to avoid this or if they have this happen to keep things going and to keep positive? Because you've been positive and um, out, an outstanding leader through this whole thing. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, and we've had, we've had a lot of people, I mean, coaches I know and coaches I don't know reach out to me. Probably the biggest thing I would say is have a conversation with your administration and if you can get – County health on board, but obviously they're swamped with a lot of things right now too. Pretty much every scenario, and you just described one scenario, but there's probably like 10, 12 different scenarios of things that could happen and what's our plan. So when and if it happens, we're ready to roll versus uh, here we go. Um, you know, um, what what West Dubuque do, is doing right now, uh, and you refer to it coming in, is that they're on pause right now. I know they're supposed to play tomorrow night. Um, and I, you know, I think they're still kicking around the idea of playing tomorrow night because they're just waiting on, on test results. Because like I said, the guidance from the county and the state, I mean, they're, everybody has seen the document, but there's so much <laughs> not in there that everybody interprets differently. So, you know, the number one thing is, is the safety of the players, the coaches, and then the, the parents. But, you know, at, at, at some point, it's, you know, if somebody on your team is sick, that's much different than if, you know, somebody was around somebody this weekend, they find out midweek that, that they're around somebody that tested positive. You know, do, does a whole team have to shut down then? I, I, don't, I don't know if that's the best route versus getting that player that was around a positive case or coach, get them away. Um, you know, it's, there's just so many different scenarios, and I think that's why um, we're not getting a lot of guidance from the state level because I don't think really, really kind of knows the answers. But you're right, in regards to school in the fall um, – a lot of things have to get decided. I'm glad I'm not those people that are uh, deciding, you know, do we come back, you know, all at once, you know, half school, you know, well, I, I don't know. So I'm glad I don't make those decisions. Yeah. And there is no playbook for, for a pandemic. And I do want to clear this up with Western Dubuque because I saw some people on some message boards that were outraged saying, how in the heck was this team playing if they knew they had a sick infected player on their team? Why would you shut a game down in the middle of the game? That, that's not the case. That, that's not, that's uh, fake news. Um, what had happened is there was a player that was around somebody who got a positive test and that test came 
back the results in the middle of the game and administration let the team know during the game that hey you have a player on your team it was all through contact tracing that came in contact i don't know how close the contact was but i think they i think they made the uh, right decision coach redmond Still without a tagline. Anything you'd like to ask uh, Coach Tischer before? I, I'm going to play a fun game with you guys here before we uh, before we let Coach Tischer get on his day. Uh, you know, I, nothing really comes to mind. You know, I just I was kind of just hoping to sit back and relax and listen to you guys talk a little bit. Um, but if you want to get to that game, let's get rolling with that. All right. So here's here's the game we're going to play. We have been throwing out stats. We've been throwing out players. The game is Dubuque County Leaders. I am going to say a category, and I want you to say the first name that pops to your head to see who's leading the county in that category. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know much about two teams. I'm not going to lie. So, that's, that's all right. And and you know what? We'll do it with Dubuque schools. We'll do it. So, so here's here's no. the first first category: batting average. Who do you think leads Dubuque County in batting average? As a team, you said right. Nope. Individual player. No. Individual. Oh. Um, Andrew Henry. Probably Ben Hapel. It is. A kid from Cascade, Caleb Topping, who's hitting 524. Audrey, I'm sorry, Andrew Henry is hitting 520. And Jacob Brogius and Gavin Guns are hitting 500. On base percentage. Who leads Dubuque County in on base percentage? I might go with Henry on this one. I'm going to go uh, Jake Brocious. Ben Gorley from Senior is getting on base at 649. Charlie Yeager comes in at 625. And I think I might just start calling him Henry as well because I have a friend, actually Coach Soigling's girlfriend's name is Audrey, and I screw it up every single time. Andrew Henry is in third with a 600 on base percentage. Hits, who leads to Butte County in hits? It will be nobody from my team. I can promise you that. Our five games. <laughs> oh man, that's a good one, Tisher. Um, I'm going. <sighs> you have to think of those teams that have played a lot of games. That's what which makes it a little. Um... I'm I'm going to go uh, Calvin Harris. Even though he didn't play, I think they've played what thirteen, four. Yeah, they didn't. Well, they no, they played ten uh, games. I'll go with. I'll go with back. Cole Smith. Last game. All right, so we got a Cole Smith, and uh, are you still sticking with Calvin Harris? I really, I've never beaten Red anything in my life. I mean, I, this is my yeah. first opportunity since what 2010, 2011 to beat him in anything when he pounded us yeah. um, back at his Hempstead days. Um, I, no, I'm going to switch from Calvin because they, they didn't play, what, two doubleheaders this week. He didn't play those couple games after us. Um, I'm going to go back to Andrew Henry. He's been swinging it well, and they've played eight games. All right. It is Ben Hafel from senior, 19 hits. Cole Smith from senior, 18 hits. Gavin Guns from senior, 15 hits. And Devin Daly from Hempstead, 14 hits. This is a fun game. I like this game. What about home runs? Who leads the county in home runs? Man. Okay, 
can, can you tell us what the what 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 the number is? How about that? Two. Two. I'd go with Henry. I know he had one the other day. I can't remember if he had one right. earlier. Redmond's strategy to this game, Andrew Henry for every <laughs> every category. Hopefully he gets one here. Um, I, I, I'm going to go to the same thing. Um, I can know a couple guys that have one, and um, they've had some. I'm going to go Andrew Henry as well. It is Sawyer Nauman from Western Dubuque with two, and Eli Green from Cascade with two as well. What about RBIs? Who leads the county in RBIs? I'm going to go be, with Strohmeyer. And I'm going to be honest with you here. Uh, I've done no research on Beckman and Cascade. Like I follow, I know they're somewhat record, but individual players. So um, I apologize to uh, to uh, those guys out there. RBIs. I'm going to go. That one I am going. I'm going to. I'm going to go Sawyer Nauman. Okay, so if we're doing the 3 and 4A school, Sawyer Nauman would be correct with 15. Uh, ben Red, that's, that's one, Red. That's one. Yeah, I've never had a You got me. Ever. <laughs> right. That's breaking up here, fellas. i got to go. I'm, I'm leaving with the lead. All right. <laughs> and then Ben Hafel with 14, Gavin Guns with 14. And since you guys aren't familiar with Cascade and Beckman, I'm, I'm also not as well. I, I haven't been out to a game yet. But a guy by the name of Owen Hewengraffer, or Hewengraff, he has 24 RBIs for Beckman. Let's go to pitching. Surprise on the leaderboard. Who leads uh, and and I'll narrow it down to the four Dubuque schools because it does come from the four Dubuque schools. Who leads the Dubuque schools and wins? And there's a three-way tie. Hmm. I ain't kidding you. I'm going to go Henry again. He definitely has to be one of those guys. Okay. Um, you want us to guess multiple since it's a three-way tie? No, See how many we just, can get? You or? can just guess one. All right. Uh, Paranoid. Okay, Casey Perrineau with three. Brock Booth from Hempstead with three. And Drew Zillig from Senior with three. Andrew Henry was a great guess, Red, but he currently has two wins on the season. What about strikeouts? Who leads in strikeouts? And I will tell you, the league leader... The county leader is Eli Green from Cascade with 22. But what about the Dubuque schools? Who do you think's on the Dubuque schools leaderboard there? I know Paranel's throwing a lot of innings. I'm going to go with him on this one. Are you going to agree with them, Corey, or go with somebody else? I, I am not. I'm just going through. I've done a little bit of background, Hempstead and Senior, just with them coming up here soon. Um I'm going to go I'm going to go Logan Rundy. You should have agreed with Red. It's Casey Perrineau with 20. So it's Eli Green with 22, Casey Perrineau with 20, Nick Schmidt of Beckman with 18, and Luke Kennan from Senior with 15. Earn run average. They have to have thrown at least 10 innings. Who, and, I, and I'll tell you, the leader in the county is Jack Carr from Cascade has not given up a run yet. But the next two pitchers um, from one of the Dubuque schools, who do you think it might be? 
Can you give us ten innings? Ten innings, you said. And what, what what's the actual ERA? Uh, they had to have thrown at least ten innings or more. Um, ERA is zero point six zero. And then the other one would be 1.40. Those are two and three with Jack Carr being the leader. Mm. I'm going Andrew Henry and... Red, you can Aaron. jump in at any time here. This this is kind I'm of like go, a. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to go Henry and you daily. Okay, I'm going Henry and oh, I don't know which one. Uh, Charlie Yeager. It is actually Brock Booth from Hempstead, zero point six zero, followed by Andrew Henry, one point four zero. Coach Tischer, anything you'd like to leave us with before we kick you out and we continue with the rest of the podcast? And you'll have to listen later. I hope it's blaring over your speakers at your practice today. By the way, quick shout out to Marv Muller and Ross James for plugging the Dubuque Area Baseball podcast during games. I really appreciate it. I got shivers hearing such a great job that Marv did, and, and Ross does it at every game. So thank you to Ross James and Marv Muller for doing that. Uh, no, just appreciate, uh, you know, as much as we're trying to move forward here, um, the, 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 those two weeks, just the, the Butte community, um, the Butte baseball community was was fantastic. And I know a lot of people are starting to listen to this. So on behalf of the baseball program, thank you for the outpouring of support. Um, keep, continue to support all the programs and, uh, you know, same prayers that, you know, as I said, that I think it was a Telegraph Herald that, you know, I just hope every program, especially every program in this area is able to end their season on a win or loss and not because of a shutdown. So, um, you know, be thankful for what you have, keep your circle small and, uh, do what you can do. And, uh, thanks fellas for doing this. It's enjoyable to listen to on the weekend, especially when, uh, I don't follow a couple teams and just hearing how things are doing. So appreciate it fellas. Nice. Hey, make sure you listen to the newest episode coming on Tuesday. Rachel Bulkovic, first female full-time hitting coach in the major leagues with the New York Yankees. So check her out. Also, don't forget to check out Rob Quinlan from two weeks ago and Nick Gungs from the University of Northern Iowa. Thanks for leading us into a, to a promotional plug there. Corey Tischer, best of luck the rest of the year. Appreciate you and appreciate your program. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks, you too. See you next. See you, Have a good one. See you, bud. Yep, see you, Tish. All right. And then there were two. Everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman and Andrew Redman. Red, did you have a chance to go to any games this week? I was at the the Hempstead versus uh City West. Okay. I City was West at, game there. I was at that one as well. Um and then I also did go to Waller and uh Cedar Rapids Kennedy. What are some things that stood out to you? Oh, I think Hempstead kept the game a little bit closer than they should have against them game one. Um, but, I mean, that's, you know, really honestly, you know, when you look at good teams, sometimes that's what it takes is seeing how they do when they keep a game close when they shouldn't and seeing if they fold or if they if they pull through. And obviously they pulled through there. So, um, no, they're, 
I, I'm just impressed with them every time I see him play. I mean, there's always it seems like there's always a guy that that kind of shows up to play that might be a little different. And I don't know. I just enjoy watching that team a lot. Yeah, they're uh, they're around the horn is solid. Every single guy getting yeah. in the chest, solid throws. Waller, you need to work on your around the horn. I saw you skip a couple the other day. Um, but yeah, Hempstead is solid. I know I, I reached out to coach rap. I didn't think you were going to be able to sit in on this podcast. So I was trying to replace you. I reached out because you you were traveling, um, and it's the holiday weekend. So, uh, coach Tisher agreed to come on. I also was hoping that coach rap, I, I asked coach rap and he said, Nick, I love what you're doing. I love the podcast, but I am very shy and I am one that does not like to be seen and does not like to be heard. Um, but thank you for the offer. I appreciate it. And he really wishes that he could have had 40 games with this team because he thinks they could do something mm-hmm. special. So I hope they keep their their uh, inner circle small, and, and I hope they keep going strong. Here are a couple things that stood out to me. Hempstead's around the horn looked unbelievable. Um, Wallert needs to work on their around the horn. Senior, that three-game winning streak, senior is hitting the crap out of the ball. One thing that I noticed that I don't know if it's just me being old school, but when you played, did you wear anything up to bat or um, like, and I'm talking like body armor or anything like that? No, you know, I was actually thinking about this a little bit as well, watching the Hempstead team. Like, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't wear any like tape. Um, I mean, it was just show up and play ball. I didn't really have any anything added to to the uniform or to my body. Just here we go, you know. But yeah, yeah that's kind of funny that you say that because I was actually thinking the same thing. Yeah. And and, I, and I'm not calling anybody out. And I, and I'm talking across the state because you know Hempstead they played some out of town teams. Wallert played an out of town team, but. There are some guys that show up in the batter's box, and I swear to God, they're wearing a full body cast. Like on their <laughs> on their arm that's closest to the pitcher, they have a full brace on, and then and then they have uh, something over their foot to protect their ankle. And then when they get on first base, they put on um, oven mitts so they don't uh, so they don't hurt their hands w- when they're sliding. I tell you, I I was old school. I didn't even wear batting gloves. I loved the feel of the bat on my hands. I absolutely loved it. I thought I swung it better. I even had batting gloves that were neon green like Ricky Henderson wore for the Oakland A's. <laughs> and and I I wore one thing and I wore a sweat guard. I don't even know if they're called a sweat guard, but I wore a wristband on my throwing arm. That way if I ever had to cut somebody off uh, playing first base, cut a ball off and throw them out at home, that, that my hand wasn't sweating. That, that was the only thing that I wore. But I'm seeing that there's kids you know uh coming up in full body cast and and it's all schools i'm not just calling out one person and i'm not really calling anybody out i think i think that's kind of the way that we're going before we get into our dude of the week selection um i'm just going to name off some guys that have just had monster weeks uh for waller Charlie Yeager, Tommy Speck, Jake Brogius, Aaron Savory, they all broke out in a huge way. Landon Stoll, former student of mine, um, threw well out of the bullpen. Jake Brogius had a huge, huge game. It was tough to decide due to the night between uh, Charlie Yeager and Jake Brogius. But um, that Tommy Speck, he's the real deal. He cut somebody out at the plate, Cedar Rapids. I'm guessing 102 Verlo um, uh, from his arm there uh, to get that guy out. Gavin Guns from senior had a huge week. Ben Hafel, the ball looks like a beach ball. He's still swinging it well. Uh, Cole 
Cole Smith um, up toward the top for the hits leader, and Luke Kennan picked up a win on the mound, and uh, he's, his bat's starting to come alive. Casey Perrineau had a three-hitter over 3A defending champ Cedar Rapids Prairie. Very cool story. His brother, uh, Cole Perrineau, freshman coach out at Western Dubuque, who I used to coach with, great guy, he pitched the same night as his brother, and they both uh, almost had no hitters. Uh, Cole ended up throwing a one-hitter, losing in the seventh. Between those two guys throwing 14 innings, they only gave up uh, four hits on the night. Cal Harris, another award, 2020 Cedar Rapids Gazette Male Athlete of the Year. He uh, just barely edged me out. Um, they threw me in there as a podcast host. But, um, yeah, Cal Harris took that. Peyton Quigliano is leading the Bobcats in hitting, and Sawyer Nauman is leading the team in RBIs. Listen to these stats about Hempstead. I'm not going to throw out any individual stats here. Um, talking to Coach Rapp, and, and I had sent him a text. I said, I think one through eight in your lineup could all hit the ball out of the ballpark. And he corrected me in his text. He goes, you're wrong. Everybody, one through nine, and guys that are on the bench can hit the ball out of the ballpark. But um, everybody on, on Hempstead is uh, is playing well from the top of the roster all the way to the, be- the bench guys contributing as well. So Devin U. Daly is leading the team in hits and RBIs, and Brock Booth is leading the team in wins. And while um, Andrew Henry leads the stangs and strikeouts, um, he still has not yet uh, got a win on the mound. But um, Hempstead, listen to this has five guys hitting over 350 and six guys with an on-base percentage of over 420. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. Anything, uh, players, that you would like to add that you saw at games? You know, like I said, I just made it to the Hempstead uh, versus City West. But, yeah, I mean, that Hempstead team's impressive. I just hope they keep things rolling. Hopefully, like you said before, hopefully they stay safe keep their circles tight. And so, you know, hopefully that they can continue this season. I, I'm with you though. I know, like you said, coach Rapp said he wishes he could play a 40 game season with that team. I think that would be, that would have been a lot of fun, but hopefully they can make the most out of what they have here. It would have been a lot of fun. And I, I did want to see them play against Jefferson, but it was 92 degrees out. I had just sat through the, the Wallert Kennedy game and I went swimming at my parents' pool. It was that hot out. So I, I, I skipped that Jefferson game. Um, the one thing I do also want to go back on is I just want to say, you know, they say baseball really is a mental approach. And if you listen to the upcoming episode um, from the Yankees uh, hitting coordinator, uh, Rachel Balkovec, first ever woman to be hired full time in Major League Baseball in the hitting department, she talks about the mental side of the game. And I tell you, I think this year's players are more mentally tough than any year because to show up to a game, not sure if you're going to finish the game, not sure if you're going to play the game, not sure if next week you play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, how many of those games you're actually going to play. Um, the mental side of the aspect, uh, the players in the area are doing a great job. couple shout-outs on the lower level before we get to the dude of the week. We have Nathan Rowling, former player of mine, sophomore from Western Dubuque. He, too, had a two 
two-hit complete game shutout. Hempstead Green, Tyler Loso. He threw a complete game one-hitter, and he also had a walk-off single during that doubleheader. Brandon Decker from Western Dubuque Red went three for three with two walks, a sack bunt, a sack fly, and he came in with the bases loaded and one out to record a save. Red, I wanted to call Tish out on bunting, and I want to say that. Cole um, Perrineau, why does this kid have two sack bunts, all right? Uh, seriously, um, if if he's three for three, he should not be bunting. And when I had Coach Tisher on, I wanted to call him out. He called the bunt too, and 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 it didn't work out very well. Stop calling the bunt, people. Don't bunt. Don't give up and out. It's worthless. Okay. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me. Do you want to do your dude of the week first, or do you want me to do my dude of the week first? Now, why don't you go ahead? I think ours might be uh, pretty similar this week. All right. You know what? Doing this podcast, I, I really wanted to spread the wealth out. And I really wanted to touch upon as many kids as possible. You'll notice the dudes of the night. There might be some guys that have some better stats. But I just don't want to give it to the to the same the same guy every single time. But looking over the weekly stats... Um, it would be a crime and you could not take this podcast seriously and I would have no credibility if I did not give it to this guy. In the history of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, this is a first. Our first two-time winner for Dude of the Week and it is Andrew Henry from Dubuque Hempstead. Listen to his stats for the week. He was 8 for 12 with three doubles, one home run, and five RBIs. Against Cedar Rapids Jefferson, he was a triple shy of the cycle. Versus Iowa City West, Andrew threw three innings of shutout baseball while striking out six. And you know there's three things that you're guaranteed in life. Death, taxes, and Iowa City West being good at baseball. So if you can throw three innings of shutdown baseball against Iowa City West, tip of the cap, and Andrew Henry, congratulations on Dude of the Week and being our first time repeat winner of Dude of the Week. Coach Redman, who's your dude? Yeah, it's got to be Andrew as well on my end. I mean, 8 for 12, uh, just helping his team win. You know, I think I remember... Uh, was it in the TH? Maybe his interview was, was before the week. He was saying how he was struggling a little bit at the plate, and how he just really needed to uh, to find a way to help his team win. And you know that mentality obviously took him to to what he did this week. So, um, you know, proud of him and what he did this week to help help his team win against some good teams. And uh, looking forward to seeing him play more this year. And I did not even calculate his walks. I'm sure he probably walked, mm-hmm. I, I would say, three to six times um, on the week as well. We are looking forward to the week. I did not cover a game of the week, and I did not cover who's coming to town. And the reason being is we don't know who's coming to town, and we've had some games of the week that have been canceled. So we wanted to plug as many players. We wanted to plug as many programs as possible. 
Coach Redman, without his tagline, everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Have a great week of baseball. Retweet, share this episode, and let's get the news out about the great things going on in Dubuque County and Dubuque County baseball. 6-4-3, we're out of here. Postgame show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe.